May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Well, good morning, Spring Branch. It's good to see you all here. Man, it is so good to worship together, isn't it? So good to be here together as a family of believers. Uh, As you can tell, I've got uh, a a bit of a Barry White voice this morning. If you don't know who Barry White is, just ask somebody older than you. But uh, feeling a little under the weather this morning, but I know you'll give me grace. Uh, We've been in a a posture of prayer this year, 2020. In order to have 2020 vision, we we need to get on our knees, right? We need to ask God for wisdom. We need to ask him for direction in this new decade, in this new year, in this new season of leadership. We need to ask God for wisdom. God, before we do anything, we just want to surrender our hearts to you. And we're doing that through 21 days of prayer. You may have heard about it. You may have seen it on Facebook, Instagram stories. Uh, we have a, a prayer focus schedule. You can receive that on the way out. Every day we're, we're focusing on a, a specific topic together as a community. We're also gathering here with the exception of Saturdays to pray together as well. So uh, just encourage you, it's not too late to jump into 21 days of prayer. You can find out more about that on our website. We're also doing the Pray For Me campaign, as Joe and Maggie mentioned. This is a great opportunity to cross, cross generations together, young and old together. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's just a, a really cool example of the kingdom of God. Uh, Let's pray together. God, thanks so much. Thanks so much that you are here with us. Thanks so much that, um, God, we can come together unified as a body. Despite our differences, God, we can gather together as one, worshiping one God. We are under one name with one purpose. God, meet us personally here this morning, powerfully, God. Lord, I pray for unity across this country, across this world. Uh, specifically in Richmond. God, we don't know what this week uh, will have there, but God, we pray for churches to come together and unify their people to come together. We pray for your protection there, Lord. Lord, thank you for who you are. We thank you for all you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. A few weeks ago, we were on our way up to the Cheesehead State, Wisconsin. I know I've talked about that before, for goodness sakes, uh, don't you know? But we were on, on our way up to Wisconsin to see Lindsay's family, and let me tell you, our Honda Odyssey, we call it the Hodyssey for short. That's what you do in the South. You combine words together. So our Hodyssey, as the, as the miles went, went, went by, we, we felt like the, the Hodyssey was getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Anybody experience that? Our long road trips. And our kids love each other, but, and, I, and, and Lindsay and I, we love our kids, but we did not like each other. I did not like each other. As the hours went by, kind of did the old arm swipe. Dads, you know, you know what I'm talking about, the old arm swipe. Like, if I can just touch somebody back there and prove a point that don't make me, right, fill in the blank, don't make me pull this car over and blah, 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 blah. Don't make me, right? We offer these threats that we wouldn't normally make because desperate times call for desperate measures on road trips to and from Wisconsin. Um, isn't it true that we fight as a family of God. Isn't it tragic? Isn't it a shame that we get caught up in these petty disagreements as believers, as followers of Christ? This morning, we're talking about unity. We're talking about unity. Everybody say unity. 
unity. The bottom line today is that when we are unified, God is glorified. When we are unified, when we stand together as one, God is glorified. Did you know that there's an enemy prowling around like a lion waiting to devour us? You know who that enemy is? We either overestimate him or we underestimate him, and that is Satan, the devil, right? He exists, by the way, on this side of heaven. He wants to distract us. He wants to divide us. He wants us to, to, to be divided as a family of God because he knows that when that happens, we'll be ineffective with the mission God has given us here on earth. He knows that we'll be unstoppable. He knows that we'll be unstoppable. If we are united, he knows that we'll be unstoppable in what God has given us to do here on earth, and that is to to extend his love and his grace to a broken world. And so he will do whatever he can to, 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 to get us caught up in these petty disagreements with each other. He wants us to fight in the back seat. He wants us to bicker with each other. We need to stand together as one. Agree, disagree on some minor things. But we need to stand together as one, recognizing that we are all sinners. None of us are perfect. We can recognize the plank in our own eye. And we can recognize that God has saved all of us and he calls all of us his beloved. That will unify us if we have that mentality. Romans 15, 5, Paul prays this. The past couple weeks, we've been focusing on these letters that Paul wrote to these churches. Remember, these prayers are big. They're specific. They're these passionate, faith-filled prayers. Paul doesn't mince words, right? He knows that we serve a powerful, mighty God who can do the impossible, amen? So he doesn't pray these like general, safe, prayers. He tests God. He challenges God. And God's like, come on, come on, come on, give it to me, give it to me. Pray these big, specific prayers. I want to show up, and I want to show off my glory. That's what he's inviting all of us to do. And Paul prays this. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. In the last couple of weeks, we've prayed for power, right? That explosive, miraculous, dunamis power, power to overcome temptation, power to forgive others. Last week, we talked about being active and sharing our faith, that when we are active and sharing our faith, we can develop a deeper knowledge of who God is, amen? And this week, we're praying for unity. Paul continues in verse six, so that, right? See this pattern throughout his prayers. I pray this specific thing, fill in the blank, so that, so that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. In order to bring praise to God. May we have the same mentality, the same perspective and attitude that God had towards us. Accepting one another with grace and forgiveness just as he had towards us. One mind. Everybody say one voice. One voice. We're going to try something this morning. We're going to get you out of your comfort zone, okay? You ready? You guys know the song Amazing Grace? Sing it with me. Amazing. Oh, that was a little flat. I'll start over. It's my voice. 
<laughs> Thank you. The sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. Step aside, Troy and Mike, all right? I'm gonna be up here next week singing. Um, thank you for participating. We all have different political opinions, right? We walk through these doors this morning, we have political differences, we have ethnic differences, we have socioeconomic differences, we have superficial differences, but we have some fundamental similarities that should unite us so that we have one mind and one voice. We come together uh, as one on a Sunday morning, no matter what's happened to us, no matter what we've done, we can come together as one unified on a Sunday morning regardless of class, regardless of ethnicity. We can come together as one and see each other as brothers and sisters, as a family of God. That changes everything. When you see somebody else as your brother, somebody else as your sister, as part of a family of God, when you see yourselves not as individual Christians, but as connected to each other, Man, that changes everything. It changes how you relate to them. It changes how you spend your time, your treasure, and your talents. It changes everything. There's a verse in Galatians 1.10. It's been my life verse. Paul says this, am I trying to win the approval of God or of men? Or am I trying to please men? If I were trying to please men, then I would not be a servant of Christ. Who is our audience? Who are the one, who's the one you're trying to serve each day? Is it horizontally? Is it other people? Or is your audience first and foremost the God of the universe? His opinion and his opinion only matters. He is our heavenly father and we are his kids. We are brothers and sisters. And what he thinks is, should be our utmost concern. When we are unified, God is glorified. When we come together as one with one mind and one voice, accepting each other just as God accepted us. Amazing things happen. Jesus prayed a similar prayer. In fact, John 17, verse 20, he says this, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, so that all of them may be one, so that they may be brought together to complete unity. Of all of the things Jesus could have prayed for, he prayed for unity. He prayed for unity. Why? Verse 23, then the world will know. Then the world will know. Those people who are outside the family of God, who are the skeptics, those people, those coworkers, those aunts and uncles, those grandparents, those friends, those people who have never received the gospel and encountered the love of Jesus, they will see something different because we are unified. The world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. I apologize, but I have mentioned a few times before that I'm an Ohio State Buckeye fan, and I did go up uh, to college in uh, Michigan, Great Lakes, Great Times, Michigan, and it actually made me a stronger fan up there uh, because I was in enemy territory. It kind of stoked the fire a little bit more, you know what I'm saying? 
And I met some other people, and they were Michigan State fans. And at first, I was like, whoa, 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 you're still the enemy because, you know, you're rooting for a school with the M word in it, right? Michigan State. We don't even say words that start with M as Buckeye fans. Um, but we soon realized that we had a common enemy. We weren't enemies. We had a common enemy, and that was Michigan. And so we became good friends. We joined together, rooting against the maize and blue. I think as family, as a family of God, we need to realize that we have a common enemy. We have a common enemy. And when we do realize that, that our common enemy is the evil one, the devil, and he wants to divide us, he wants us to get caught up in these petty, minor uh, disagreements. When we realize we have a common enemy, we can, we can be unified. We can major on the major things and minor on the minor things. We can be united that, hey, we may disagree on some things, but God is God. He created this earth, and Jesus died on the cross for us. We need to go out and proclaim his good news to the world. We need to be united in that. When I was in seminary out in California, <clears throat> I uh, had a, a guy sitting next to me from Madagascar. <laughs> that was pretty cool. He came all the way to California to learn the Bible and go back to his home country to tell people about Jesus. He didn't look like me, talk like me, completely different background. And then another guy from Asia, another guy from West Africa. On the surface, we had nothing in common. But what God was doing in my heart, he was saying, Heath, it doesn't matter what the superficial differences are. What matters is the fundamental similarity, and that is that we are brothers and sisters. And this family of believers, we can agree, disagree about how we do things, but what's most important is that we worship the same God, the same name. We are one. We belong to each other. There are three reasons why we pray for unity. <clears throat> the first reason is that we need each other. Everybody say we need each other. Just like I need to take a drink of water. By the way, thank you for your grace this morning. I know that it's not my perfect voice. Romans 12, five through six. Paul continues to write to the, to the people in Rome. He says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. God wants us to, to look in the mirror and and to see our bodies as consisting of many parts, right? I mean, it's common sense, right? We all have arms and legs and esophaguses, however you say that. We have elbows, we have kneecaps. Different parts, they all look differently from each other, but we all come together as different parts of the body, just like different parts of our body. We come together as different parts of the body of Christ, and we have one purpose, we have one purpose, to serve the God who made each and every one of us. And by the way, he didn't, he didn't mass produce us. We weren't created in, a, in an assembly line. He handcrafted each of us uniquely. You aren't here by accident. You, you are created on purpose for a purpose. You are fearfully and wonderfully made by the hand of your creator. No matter how worthless you feel at times, you are worth so much in the eyes of God. And your specific gifting, your specific ability um, is so important. 
We belong to each other. We need each other as different parts of this body to achieve the greater purpose that God has given us. You drove into the parking lot this morning, and we, we, we had some parts of the body out there greeting you with those vests on, right? Chris and Jerry and those guys, love those guys. You also saw some different parts of the body greeting you at the doors, ushering you through these doors. You saw some different parts of the body playing some playing some music up here, singing some songs. <clears throat> if you had kids, you dropped them off in Promised Land or Rock City. You saw some different parts of the body there, loving on your kids. We need the different parts of the body functioning together to achieve, to achieve the greater good, to give God glory. When we're unified, he is glorified. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. We need each other. I'll be the first to admit that I've got many weaknesses, many shortcomings. I'm certainly glad that God provided me Lindsay. I married up. Any, any men in the house? Yeah, we married up. We married up big time. Or if you have a friend, you see how they compliment you. Uh, whenever I walk uh, on the journey with some couples preparing for marriage, we always talk about, hey, how do you compliment each other, right? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? How do you see uh, how... Uh, the other person compliments you and makes you better. So we talk about how each other fills the other person's gaps, and it's really a beautiful thing. Sometimes those differences can clash, right? We don't like each other. But if there's a, found, if there's a foundation of trust, I can carry us through any, any disagreements. We trust each other. It can be a benefit, and we can come together. We're better together. We can do greater things together. You know, uh, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, actually, we were doing some baptisms out in the courtyard, and in order to do that, uh, we needed a mobile baptismal. My daughter calls it a baptismal. Thought that was creative. A baptismal makes sense, like a big pool of water. Um, there wasn't any soap in there. Um, but I, every Sunday morning, I drive by Lifehouse Church. They used to meet at Great Neck Middle. Now they meet at Cox High School. Great. Church, I've heard lots of great things about it, but as I was driving past one day, I'm like, man, uh, I bet they have a mobile baptismal. <laughs> and sure enough, when I called the church, they said, yeah, we bought this animal trough from Home Depot. And I'm thinking, why didn't I think about that? That is genius. And so I met up with this guy, and he shook my hand. He felt like a brother. I never met him before in my life. He felt like a brother, right? Because we're part of the same family doing the same thing. We may not agree on all levels, how to do music, how to do church, and this or that, right? But we do agree on, brought us together. We do agree on uh, the fact that we've been given a mission by God to extend his grace and peace to this world. We're on the same team, and so he gave us uh, his baptismal, and we used it. If you, if you were here that Sunday, it was a beautiful experience. We had kids and adults get baptized in that animal trough. It was awesome. But thank you, Lifehouse Church. We are part of the same team. We're not about competing against each other. We're about completing the mission that God has given us. We need to collaborate. We need to pool resources. We need to be known as a church that's not just against things, anti-things. We need to be known as a church that's for, for the, the downtrodden, for the voiceless, for the gospel being spread in this city. There was a survey put out by Barna a few years ago, and <clears throat> there was this per perception among spiritual outsiders, they, their perception of Christians was that we were anti-everything. We were just against everything. And we took pride in announcing what we were against. It's a shame, isn't it? What if we were known for what we're for, right? 
What if we were known for what we're, we are for giving food to those who are undernourished? We are for giving the vo- voiceless a voice. We are for those orphans in Togo. We are for uh, all those kids at Jaycox who don't have food or coats. By the way, we gave uh, 50-some coats uh, to some kids at Jaycox the other day. That was awesome. What if our reputation in the community amongst skeptics and amongst the world, so to speak, so to speak, is that we are for others, for those who are hurting and lost. So the first, the first reason why we need to pray for unity is that we need each other. The second reason is that we will show the world God's love. Verse 7 in Romans 15, accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Everybody say, accept one another while I take a drink. Awesome. Accept one another. This word, accept, in the Greek is a super long word. I wasn't even going to attempt to pronounce it this morning. Uh, but I want to demonstrate it. So I need somebody to come up here. Dave, come up here. You didn't expect to come up on stage this morning, did you? Uh, this word, accept, in the Greek, literally means to embrace someone else. Regardless of differences, regardless of disagreements, regardless of what Dave ever did to me, it means embracing somebody else with a big hug. Love you, brother. Love you, brother. And it also means holding their hand and walking hand in hand with them, being in sync, being in step with someone, regardless of disagreements, regardless of differences. Give it up for Dave. Might want to go wash your hand after that. Um, accept one another, accept one another. That's what that word accept means. Regardless of disagreements, regardless of what somebody else has done to you, you choose unity. Why? Because unity glorifies God. Did you know that from Genesis to Revelation, God is for God? It's all about him receiving the glory and the praise. Remember Psalm 23 God as a shepherd will lead us to green pastures. He'll guide us beside still waters, right? He is for us. He wants to provide for us and bless us. He is for us, yeah? But that's second. That's second. First and foremost, God is for his glory. God is for God. From Genesis to Revelation, God is for God. He loves us. He provides for us. At the end of the day, the Bible is not about us. God is not about us. He is about his glory, for his name's sake. First Corinthians says, Paul says, whether you eat or drink, whether you go to work or flip burgers or teach kids or uh, manage somebody's finances, whatever you do in any given day, you can give glory to God. Sometimes when I walk up the steps to, to our house, our condo, um, I pray this prayer, not about me, not about me. God, it's not about me. Not that I'm entering a battlefield, right? And by the way, our, our kids don't fight with each other all the time, okay? They, they're great kids, love them. But I know that even though I'm clocking out of my job, so to speak, and I don't see this as a job, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm living my dream, this is my calling. But when I step into our home, I realize that, man, I shouldn't just put my feet up and watch Sports Center. I should, okay, God, it is for your glory. It's not about me, not about me, not about me. I'm gonna go get dinner ready. I'm gonna go love on the kids and build some unity, maybe amongst them. 
It's not about me. It's about God and his glory. And that changes everything. May we be known for what we're for instead of what we're against. Jesus says in, in chapter 13, verse 34, he says, a new command I give you, Spring Branch, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another by this. Everybody say, by this. Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another, if you have the right doctrine, if you attend church every week, if you read the right translation of the Bible, if you have the right music on a Sunday morning, right? Everybody will know that you are disciples of God, that you are Christians. No, that's not what Jesus is saying here. By this, what is this? By your love, by how patient and compassionate you are with others especially those who have wronged you. By your love, the world will know that there's something different about you and they will want what you have. Are you living a life that demands an explanation? By your love for God and your love for your brother and sister and your enemy, there's certain parts of the Bible I just want to highlight, right? Certain parts I, I want to ignore like that one. Love your enemy. It's a tough one. But as, as we enter into the darkness, instead of retreating into our homes out of fear, we, as we enter into the darkness and shine the light of, of Christ, the world will take notice. The world will take notice that as a body of believers, we are unified. That we're not bickering with each other about petty things. That we're united around the major thing. And that is who God is and who God wants us to be. If you love one another, the world will know that you are a disciple. You are a follower of Christ. Hmm. Thirdly, we pray for unity because we can do more together. Everybody say more together. We are better together. We can move the gospel further, faster, together as a unified force. We'll be unstoppable in the mission that God has given us. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. This is in Acts 4, verse 32. But they shared everything they had. By the way, there weren't any denominations back then. Uh, they didn't have any, like, uh, you know, special fundraisers or big lights and sound. They didn't have any of those kind of Strategies. Their one strategy was just loving each other and sharing their possessions with each other. What they possessed didn't possess them. What they owned did not own them. They knew that what God had given them was for the purpose of giving back to others, as Troy mentioned earlier. True, abundant, full life is found when you treat your possessions as God's to begin with and when you give generously to others. By the way, generosity is only generosity if it hurts a little bit, if it's uncomfortable, if it's inconvenient. God wants us to treat what we have for the purpose of giving it to others. We can do more together. I love this movement in the early church. If I could be alive during one chapter in history, I know it's a pastor thing to say, but the early church would have been amazing. Countless people, thousands of people receiving Christ, getting baptized. By the way, there's a movement happening here at Spring Branch. I know we take it for granted, but... We had over 60 people get baptized last year. We had 30-some people at Christmas raise their hand and receive Christ. 
We are a part of something big and extraordinary here at Spring Branch. And yes, there are some changes. <clears throat> there are some changes. And I think this topic is super relevant during this particular season in our church. Lots of changes. Lots of changes. What we need to do is set aside our preferences, set aside our opinions. In order to be unified, the devil would want nothing more than to divide us as a congregation during the season and deter us and distract us, throw us off course. We need to stay focused on Jesus and the mission that he has given us to push his gospel across this world, to love those who are hurting. Now, more than ever, we need to pray for unity as a church. And we need to collaborate with other churches. We need to, we need to pool resources with other churches in the area. I'm taking uh, our staff in a few weeks to Grace Bible Church, and we're going to worship with their team, and we're going to share some lunch together, and we're going to share best practices together, share some ideas, and pray with each other. I'm just really excited about how this is the beginning of a, a deeper relationship with Grace Bible and other churches in the area. Do we agree on everything? No. But we can be unified in what truly matters. We are different in many ways from other churches. There are seeker-sensitive, charismatic churches out there. There are really conservative, traditional churches out there, the frozen chosen. I grew up in, in, a, in a Presby church, right? You know what that means? <clears throat> different kind of churches out there, but different kind of churches reach different kind of people, right? I always compare it to car dealerships. I know it's kind of random, but every car dealership out there is thriving. Why? Because they have a car for a specific family at a specific season in life to meet a specific need. And I believe that there are strengths in our differences Different churches reach different people different times in life. So we need to celebrate that. Despite some minor differences, we need to celebrate that and be unified. We can do more together. We need each other. We will show the world God's love. Acts 4, and God's grace was so powerfully at work. There's that dunamis word, right? We talked about two weeks ago. It's this explosive, miraculous power of God that exists in each and every one of us. His power was at work in them. This is huge right here, guys. Marinate on this. This is huge. In that his power was at work so, so, so tangibly that all who were needy didn't have any needs left. There were no needy persons among them. Can you imagine that as a Spring Branch Community Church? If there were people in our midst that didn't have any more needs because we were failing them. The second we heard of someone's need to pay their utility, which just happened last week, somebody couldn't pay their electricity, so we wrote them a check. Thanks to your generosity through the community fund, we were able to provide for this family so they can have, have funds to pay their electric bill. And we're, in a few minutes, we're gonna accept community fund again, and that's for the purpose of helping those in need in our community. So that there's no one in need. Everybody had their needs met. A few months ago, like I told the story before, but there was somebody who contacted the church and said, hey, I got this car, and it starts, steers, and stops. The magical three S's of a car, right? That's all you need. Starts, steers, and stops. And they said, hey, we don't need the car anymore. We're upgrading. Hey, if there's somebody who contacts you, let them know that there's a car available for them. And sure enough, a couple of weeks later, somebody expressed their need 
for a new automobile for their family. And just like that, we're able to provide for them. That's what it's all about. And that's the picture of the early church. And that's the picture of what kind of church God wants us to be. So unified that we know each other's needs and we're able to provide for them. Craig Rochelle, pastor in Oklahoma, he says this. He says, the world is sick and tired of hearing about Jesus. You might ask, what kind of quote is that? But he says, the world wants to see Jesus. <laughs> the world wants to see Jesus. We can talk, talk the walk all we want, and I'll lose my voice doing it. God wants to see God wants to see us show the world who Jesus is. He wants us to live in such a way to put him on display with our lives. The world is sick and tired of hearing about Jesus. Through your actions, through your example, you can show people who Jesus is. And skeptics, the spiritual outsiders, those people who don't know Christ will say, you know what, we don't know about the the Jesus rose from the dead thing. It's kind of crazy. But what we do know is what we've seen. And we've seen Christians love each other and be patient with each other and meet each other's needs. And we've experienced their own generosity towards us. And they haven't judged us. They haven't condemned us. They've reached out to us. That speaks volumes. A walking sermon is more powerful than a talking sermon. God wants to show his love, display his love through us. When people see your lives, the way you relate to them, do they see the love of Jesus? You know, I dream of, a world where tomorrow, because we're so unified, that starvation would be eliminated across the globe. A dream of Tuesday, every single person to face this earth would have clean water, access to clean water. That's what we're doing in Togo. We're, we're building these wells so people don't have to hike 50 miles to find, uh, find water. I dream of a world where on Wednesday, every person's need would be met. I dream of a world where on on, on Thursday, because we're so unified, that every single orphan on earth would have the arms of a loving father and loving mother. I dream of a world on Friday where, where everybody would hear the love of Jesus Because we're still unified, we would go out as one and share boldly the love of Jesus. And on Saturday, people would receive and surrender their lives to this love. And on Sunday, billions of people would come together just like we did here this morning as one body with one voice and worship the one God, serving him with one purpose, to share his peace and his love to this broken world. What would our church be like? What would our neighborhood be like? What would our city, what would our state, what would our country, our world be like if we chose to be united? God would be glorified and the world would take notice. You know, some of you this morning may not find yourself right here in this moment within the family of God. In a room this size, some of you may have never received this love and this gift of Jesus. So I want to give you the opportunity to do that this morning. If you would, just pray with me. If you want to be a part of this family of believers, if you find yourself on the outside looking in and 
Uh, if you find your heart beating fast, your palm sweating, maybe that's God's way of nudging you into the family of God, compelling you with his love. Just pray this prayer with me. God, I'm sorry. I have sinned against you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me, Jesus. And I commit my life to serving you, to making you known to this world. And the Bible says if you received this gift, that you become a child, you become a son and daughter of God. If you prayed that prayer this morning, if you made that not easy decision, but that simple decision this morning, just, just shoot your hand up in the air, raise your hand, be bold. As everybody's eyes are closed, heads bowed, just raise your hand up to the sky. Praise God, that's awesome. Make that known. Come up here afterwards, let somebody know, let someone pray with you. That's awesome. Praise Jesus. You have the opportunity to live a full, abundant life and have an eternal life with Jesus in heaven. That's awesome. One more name, two more names written in the book of life. And I pray that all of us this morning, all of us as a family of believers, we would be committed over the next seven days to pray, to pray for power, to pray that we'd be active in sharing our faith and that we would be unified, that we'd be brought together as different parts to complete unity. And as we're unified, God, you would be glorified. Thank you, Jesus. As I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, there's some Sundays where we have two offerings. The first offering is just our general fund. It uh, goes towards just our general operations here as a church. Um, God, I pray that you would take this second offering, this community fund, and use it for your glory or for others' good. Whether it's somebody who needs to pay for their utilities, whether it's somebody who needs rent to be paid, God, use our resources, our gifts for your glory. Amen. I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to see.